a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and a very, very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. In this particular episode, we're focusing on our new book, Mastering the Game of Life. And that contains 19, well, 20 in total with myself, 20 global co-authors, game changers as we call them, people that are out there doing things. They've learned some big lessons in life and they've had the courage to share those lessons in this amazing book. So without further ado, I'd like to invite one of those co-authors, one of those world game changers, a lady by the name of Sharon Griffiths. Sharon has done a previous podcast with us. And uh, well, without further ado, Sharon, a very, very warm welcome to you. Hello. Welcome, Paul. And your title in the book, Success, It's All in the Mind. Question mark. Just give us a little brief insight, Sharon, as to why that title. Why did you choose that title? And success, it's all in the mind. Because when I was nine, I consciously made a decision to be free, like my nan. Well, I thought my nan was free, but you only know what you only know when you're seven. No, when you're nine. So I've spent half half a century uh, aiming for that goal. And each time in, through my jobs and through life, uh, I had lots of experiences that I didn't realise at the time were my reality. I thought everybody could see what I could see because I was doing it as I was doing it. So I always set goals and I worked in a sector that, that basically the funding and my daily actions and the key performance indicators and the goals were based on achievement and success. It was the education and lifelong learning sector. But I also did judo as well. So success was getting the belt. And uh, achievement was about achieving something you set yourself along the way. But the ultimate success, as I thought it, was to achieve that goal. And I thought every time that when I started off or during the journey or the process, that when I got there, I'd be successful. And I was but there was always something missing. I could never work it out. And then uh, I was successful in whatever I did. I got my black belt when I was 18. I became the head of my sector, my service. I had my own uh, reflexology and complementary therapy business. And even from day one of the first course, I said, I'm going to have my own practice. And I did. And then I had children. And that was really, well, it was really successful. They're happy adults now. But there was always something missing, and it was only till this year when I've spent three years digging down and really this year focusing on what is success. And then through my learning and my reading and connecting with people and listening to people, having mentors and coaches, uh, I suddenly realised that 
success was in my mind. Uh, it wasn't as people defined, but it was more than in my mind. It was a feeling. And that there's something in the feeling of success that's an insider job. And that's linked to my mind. And then I realized that I could change my biochemistry through what I did. And I could create success. It would be as I choose it to be because I understood that missing ingredient or two. And that's where I've come to this year. Mm. Well, that's why I it's, think um, in the mind, it's a real insider job. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a train of thought, a very consistent train of thought, listeners, is there not? What Sharon's saying there around what we think we become. So, you know, when I look back on my own journey of for many years, believing I was a victim. And so it became a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. I did become a victim because that's what I was focused on. You know, we have very, very, very simple choices to make in life. And I think we lose sight of that simplicity. And this is why it's beautiful to talk to, you know, to, to young, young children, because they don't have any of this baggage, these complications. You know, to life, them, it, it's very simple. Life is very simple and it's, it's very normal. And, you know, what Sharon's talking about, about the success, it's in the mind. You know, we, we do have that choice. So rather than thinking I was a victim, why didn't I think I was a victor? You know, instead of Shufflefoot, I even gave myself a name of being a victim, Shufflefoot. Poor old me, shuffling my feet along the ground, shoulders slumped. Why is it always me? Why didn't I give myself the name Superman instead? It's a choice. Any thoughts around that, Sharon? How does that tie in with your story? Yeah, but you don't realise it at the time. And if you're not mindful and aware, how can you understand it? And I used to manage, I used to create courses and work with tutors and help them develop courses. And one of them, uh, she was an amazing lady. She, it was called Taking Charge of Your Life. And I always used to go in and observe her and write a report and a development report for her to take actions forward. But she always got a grade one with her observations. And I'd watch very carefully and I began to understand, and it was through transaction analysis really, that she'd be saying certain things and everybody would be nodding and unconsciously. And she, she got people to that stage. And every time that happened, I always thought back to my French A level that I did. Uh, I didn't succeed in it. I learned to speak French, but I, I, I failed the A level. But we'd studied a book by Jean-Paul Sartre, and it was called Cain. I think that was the author in the book. And it was about this actor. And he was on stage, and he, he became himself on stage. And the scenes that happened on stage related to his life. And, and he couldn't separate the acting and the visualisation part of his life from reality. So... Every time it's about we think what we become, these two key things have always been key in my mind uh, in the last 20 years or so. But it's only in the last year that I've been able to realise that it's not just about planning and meeting the targets, etc. Taking action is really important. And within your life, you can either have a life that happens to you or you can uh, script and create your life. Yes, things are beyond you. There's things you can't control. But from your actions, you can begin to control and lead yourself. You become your own leader and your own game changer with what you do. So 
yes, I would agree with that. And simplicity it is simple, but it's like mastery and artistry. Artists and masters make it look so easy. So they've gone through a process to get there. And that's what success and mastery in the life is like. And it looks so easy from those looking on to those that are successful. It looks so easy, I found. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but uh, you know, to bring it back to your your excellent book title, Sharon, it is. It's you know, it starts with the mind, isn't it? it? You know, I've said it already, but that what we think we become, and and it's that simple choice that no matter how we're feeling at a moment in time, so we might be feeling down and fed up and uninspired, maybe even angry because of something that's gone off. And when we're in that state, it's difficult, isn't it? To you know, when you get somebody that comes along and saying, Do you know what, mastering the game of life is so simple and you know it's so easy and and, and it is. Um you don't really want to hear that, do you? Because you're not in that space and you think, just go away. You know, what are you? Some kind of do-gooder, some kind of are you on drugs or so? I've you know, I've had that said to me. And the reality is when you've come from that darkness and that you know, that depression and all these kind of labels, if you if you will, that dominate our lives. And they certainly dominated mine for decades. It's that realisation and that choice and that simplicity of that childlike enthusiasm, which seems to be a phrase that's being used more and more by myself now, Sharon, that it is, do you know, honestly, things are so simple. If we could just free ourselves, but it's like a catch-22, isn't it? And this is where our mind comes in to say... Okay, I think the biggest challenge we have as human beings, Sharon, unless we we have that sort of, uh, we go on that voyage of discovery, is the awareness that our mind is not us. It doesn't control us. It doesn't, it isn't us. But isn't it true? uh, Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm interested in your views around this. That actually, if we use the metaphor of don't let tail wag dog. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is don't let your mind tell you and dictate what you're going to do. By having that bit of, and and what a great cue that the dog barks in the background. Wow, I love that. (laughs) Fantastic. But isn't it true, Sharon, that if we can take control and detach from that mind and say, actually, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're not going to tell me. Because that reaction, if we let the mind start bossing us and bullying us, well, where are we going to end up? Any thoughts around that? Lots. Uh, <laughs> lots and lots and lots. Okay. Uh, right, starts with the mind. Now, in the in the 90s, when I was a complementary therapist and shifting to the noughties, before I knew about the law of attraction, those sort of things, I used to teach reflexology and massage and complementary therapy. I used to mix with lots of people who, did that, who were experts in their subjects. So we knew there was, in those days, we knew there was a huge link between the mind and the body connection. And even when I was 21 and I finished my degree, uh, I did a course, it was a 12-week course on the mind-body connection and how the mind and the body are linked. I left that course after three weeks, three or four weeks because it was just too complex to understand. They brought in a lot of science. But as I began then so many years later 10 years or so later understanding complementary therapies with the people that i work with 
I began to work with my clients to enable them to understand that there is a mind-body link. But what you need to do is you need to choose certain things out of your life, what you can easily deal with, what you can easily change. Now, I thought I was doing that consciously, but and I was within my professional boundaries, but only in the last year have I realized that it goes much deeper. So I, people began to change their actions. With some people, it was a lot easier to change their immediate physical environment than anything else. For other people, it was a case of dealing with their partners. But I began to realize that people, if they put their mind to it and they made a conscious change, they could make changes in their life and begin to free themselves of the trappings, uh, trapped in their body and trapped in their mind. But then I began to realize that it had to be, reach a point of mastery so you didn't do it consciously. And this was the sticking point for many people because lots of people went back to old habits. They just went back. It's a lot easier to be in your own pile of your habits than somebody else's or changing things. And then when you're surrounded by your people and your culture, it's very difficult because if you consciously uh, tell people you're changing, you're doing things, it, it's uh, people then began to give their own views and opinions so if you didn't have, i realized also that if people didn't have clarity they kind of either did it underground without telling anyone and then they weren't being in alignment with self although they were on a goal on a mission or they would go back to old ways and also as i wrote i contributed to the last book okay i brought in my theory of the butterfly effect about thoughts and feelings because i realized that feelings and thoughts were transient and you could change them so i like as in uh, speaking from the hearts book three uh, i began to realize this year particularly that if you have a butterfly in your hand you had a choice of what to do with it and it was a like a, you know that moment in the bath moment when your finger goes in the eureka moment that if you actually have a butterfly in your hand you can let it flutter and watch it you can let it fly off or you can let it sink deep in your hand or what you can do is smash it with your hand and kill it then i realized that you can do that with your feelings as well so from the butterfly theory uh i then began to listen more and more consciously to people talking about changing feelings and then other people came in but i actually wrote a poem called the three c's three c for success and it's it's uh, it aligns to a, a lovely little dog i'm not going to tell you the little dog yet but basically i realized that if you committed to something with conviction and you consistently took action so like the marginal gains approach they use with the british cycling squad what you can actually do is begin to change things bit by bit and make those changes and if you review it and you journal it and you use your journaling process you can actually see how far you've come and because it's happened you've adapted to it consciously uh you begin to do things mindfully and unconsciously it becomes natural but if you mm. try and change everything at once uh, it doesn't work it's not sustainable 
So, so uh, at that, uh, so, sorry, Sharon, at that point, I want to kind of just stop it there if I can, because you've given a lot of insights there. And listeners, with those insights, I, what I don't want Sharon to do is to, to give everything away because she's got some excellent content in her chapter. So, you know, she, she just shared a little teaser there and she's starting to get very deep around some real life-changing insights. And that's why, respectfully, I've sort of said, OK, let's park it there. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on there. And why don't you find out more about these excellent insights? Sharon shares her vulnerability. She shares her experience. And it's a phenomenal story. I think, you've, you know, we've already shared the conclusion as well that success in the mind is in the mind. But what Sharon shares and is just starting to to unfold there is how to get there. So that is the excellent chapter of Sharon Griffith's Success, It's All in the Mind. And on that positive warm note, I just sign off now by saying, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com. With any thoughts or questions you may have, he'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. 